future is now. And welcome to the SVK Crypto Podcast. 15 minutes of crypto failure. My name's Charles Story. I will be your host in the next 15 minutes. We're coming live from the city of London, Shoreditch. So let's get down to business. Bitcoin's currently trading at $6,362, down 1% in the last 24 hours. We have Ethereum currently trading at $291, that's up 1.5%. Ripple currently trading at $0.28. Cents. Um, that's up 1%. EOS currently trading at $4.68. That's up half a percent. And we also have Cardano currently trading at 9.5 cents. And that's down 1% as well. I think it's worth mentioning that Ethereum Classic is currently trading at $13.93. And that's up 17% in the last 24 hours. And one of the reasons why Ethereum Classic is up is because, as we all know, a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that the cryptocurrency giant Coinbase was going to list it. Well, what seemed to have happened is that during the market turbulence, which we've just experienced and potentially still experiencing, depending on what your view is there, people forgot about the listing. And then today, Coinbase basically announced that today's the day. It's going to be live on, on the Coinbase exchange. So on the back of that, we've seen massive rally in, in Ethereum Classic, which is great for ETC and the original Ethereum supporters, because I don't know if everyone has a story, but Ethereum Classic was the first Ethereum to, to actually be out there in the marketplace. And then what happened was there was a few issues and they decided to have a fork. They forked the original blockchain and Ethereum was created. So what you have with any fork that has occurred in the history of blockchain and crypto is you have the you know, the original supporters for the original blockchain, and then you have other supporters for, for other blockchains. So Ethereum Classic has a massive support network, and I know everyone is absolutely pumped that it has been chosen and selected, especially for Coindesk. So big shout out to all of the Ethereum Classic holders out there and the community. With that in mind, let's get on to the next part of the show. So the question is where to begin? I mean, there's so much happening in the crypto sphere and, and we do this podcast every day. And the question I get asked every day is how do you, like, what do you report? I mean, there's so much to report is the question is where do you begin? And I think today we're going to begin with McCarthy's unhackable wallet and how that is doomed, apparently. So let's jump in. So... <laughs> McAfee. And for those who don't know, McAfee's, John McAfee's last name, obviously he was the principal architect for McAfee Antivirus. I mean, he lived a pretty, a pretty crazy lifestyle and he kind of made a, a move into crypto in the last couple of years, um, loved by some, hated by others. He is what we would describe in the UK as Marmite. With Marmite, you either love it or hate it, right? So um, but for coming from an antivirus background, he kind of considers himself a a, um, a pref- you know a leader in the security space. Anyway, as I said, some might agree, some might not, but let's jump in to what the current situation is. So in a recent report um, that security researchers attacked the BitFi wallet, which was supposed to be unhackable by its promoters like John McAfee, cracking it open and finding out there was nothing more than a cheap phone with a camera and SIM taking out, taken out. So, well, now they also have successfully sent signed transactions with the device, claiming a BitFi bug bounty, and therefore that someone 
had even been able to demonstrate root control of the device by installing the classic video game Doom on it. And this is a tweet. So in recognition of Bitfy and official McAfee, which is John McAfee's uh, tag on Twitter, and their prestigious at Pony Awards accolades, we'd like to show you how playing Doom on this Bitfy wallet is secure. Congratulations. So they're taking the, taking the mic. McAfee reacted with scorn, tweeting, a video played by our Bitfy wallet has nothing to do with the security of your funds. This is amateur hour, not a hack. Any device with a computer and screen can be used to play games. I should start watching my YouTube videos on Bitfy Wallet. He later added, laughing so hard I can barely catch my breath. Hackers play Doom, play videos, root the, root the device, play music on Bitfy Wallets. We don't charge extra for those facilities. No one has taken the coins from our preloaded wallet. No one will. Isn't that what this means? So Coinbase is actually trying to make a move into the identity space. Um, the San Francisco-based cryptocurrency giant recently announced as well that the distributed systems team is joining the company as it hired the startup. The venture was working on human-friendly decentralized identities and permission tokens, building a standard for identification called the Clear Protocol, and can now bring these capabilities to Coinbase. So while a digital ID can be a service within the crypto ecosystem, such as for AML KYC verification for ICOs and engaging with dApps, Coinbase appears to have much broader long-term aspirations. The company explained in a blog post, a decentralized identity will let you prove that you own an identity or that you have a relationship with the social security administrator without making a copy of that identity. If you stretch your imagination a little further, you can imagine this applying to your photos, social media posts, and maybe one day your passport too. Um, in other news, we had a 10 million line venture funds. So Line Corporation, the company behind messaging app, most popular in Japan by the same name, has announced that its Korean subsidy Unblock Corporation has recently established Unblock Ventures, a corporate token ventures holding in Hong Kong. Unblock Ventures focuses on token investments and has a capital commitment of 10 million US dollars made by LVC Corporation, another line company. The company has announced that it had added Tron to Bitbox. It's recently launched Singapore-based cryptocurrency exchange, integrating Tron, or the TRX token as it's known, known as, with Bitbox. It will enable us to connect with the world's fastest growing blockchain project, says Yong Su Ko, CEO of Line Tech Pulse, the subsidiary that operates the venue. Tron has a solid tech platform, especially now it's joined forces of BitTorrent. We look forward to building a strategic partnership with Tron and offering our users the best experience available. In other news, we have Bitcoin Cash, only ATM installed in North Queensland, Australia. Um, Satoshiwa NQ, which helps grow North Queensland's um, Australia's Bitcoin Cash community by providing support to business owners and their staff who want to learn how to adopt the technology, has revealed on social media that it's installed its first Bitcoin Cash vending machine, the one-way Bitcoin Cash only ATM, now stands as stand now stands as Strand Fitness on Flinders Street West, Townsville City. The group also said it currently has five more such machines that will be rolling out across the region. 
a big story that's been floating around in lots of different forums today is um, did Ripple CTO create a blockchain-like technology 20 years before Satoshi Nakamoto? So let's jump in. Apparently, the chief technology officer at Ripple, David Schwartz, created a distributed computer system 20 years before the onset of blockchain technology. Does this mean that Schwartz preceded Satoshi Nakamoto's blockchain, or does this mean that Schwartz is Satoshi Nakamoto? Well, in August 1988, it's alleged that Schwartz filed a patent for a multi-level distributed computer system that could be used to run on personal computers. In essence, this was built to allow computers to share processing powers across a network that would run in turn allow for one huge network of distributed computing power. The patent was granted in 1991, though, as far as we can see, Schwartz didn't end up building upon it. The patent and the technology was left to fester somewhat. So according to the next web, here's a little sample from the original patent request. A distributed computer system is a network of computers, each of which function independently of, but in a cooperative manner with each other. So the computer system can be increased by using plurality and can also be used on small computers, such as personal computers, to perform simple tasks and a central computer for a longer, more complex task, such as arrangement lessens the load on the control computer and reduces both the volume and cost of data transmission. Apparently, Schwartz saw this as a solution to an ongoing graphics rendering problem. Essentially, he needed to acquire the power of a network of computers in order to carry out the task he envisioned. Of course, this wasn't helped by the fact back in the 80s, personal computers didn't pack much processing power. Schwartz told the next web, I was working on graphics rendering problems that require a significant amount of CPU power. This is how the idea of his invention was born, and ironically how it became to an halt. CPUs improved in performance much quickly than expected, and there didn't seem to be much need for distributing tasks dynamically to CPUs with available processing power. As soon as the patent was approved, computing power had developed beyond the point required by Schwartz. So the requirement for an entire distributed network was no longer required. If only Schwartz had envisioned cryptocurrency at this point, hey. <laughs> so I mean, like, you know, Schwartz obviously didn't come up with the idea of Satoshi, but I can see I can see why a lot of people have been talking about this article and, and giving it a lot of hate, right? I mean, Ripple's not really the biggest or the most loved cryptocurrency in the world, and there's, there's many reasons for that. In fact, we should do a podcast show just, just kind of focusing on that and the reasons why, but... Today is not that day. It's a lovely Thursday here in the city of London, and we're going we're gonna to focus on what's happening. So in other big news today, we had um, what the foreshadow floor means for the future of cryptocurrency. So yet another dire security floor has unveiled Tuesday with potential ripple effects across the tech world, including the cryptocurrency project seeking to leverage certain hardware devices. Following a pair of bugs unveiled earlier this year, the foreshadow vulnerability impacts all Intel's software guard extensions, SGX, enclaves, a special supposedly extra secure region of chip, often used for storing sensitive data. In short, while the enclave is supposed to be tamper-proof, a group of researchers found a way for an attacker to steal the information it stores. 
For many, Meltdown and Spectre were spooky enough. The bugs impacted every single Intel chip, the hardware powering most of the world's computers. But since it wasn't easy to execute, there weren't many real-world attacks. Foreshadow might not sound as bad because it impacts a more specific type of Intel hardware, SGX. However, since many cryptocurrency projects plan to use this technology, Foreshadow could have even worse ramifications to the cryptocurrency world. Perhaps most notably, Signal creator Moxie Polinsky um, is in the process of advising a new allegedly greener coin called Mobile Coin that puts SGX at the center, even raising $30 million to do so. As a result, these projects will have to do some restructuring before launching the, for real. The findings released today absolutely have a broad impact on cryptocurrency projects, Cornell University security researcher Phil Dayen told media sources. The good news, though, is that many of these systems are slow to upgrade, and because many of these fixes require either involved or hardware upgrades, infrastructure remain vulnerable to this class of attack for a long time. Um, I can't, like Intel, the, one of the biggest one of the biggest chip makers in the world, well, the biggest chip maker in the world, had a bug on their chip, and then basically it, show, it shows how uncreative some projects are. They've been using this one chip and basing the whole project around it, and it turns out that chip has a flaw. And now everyone that's given the money to build around this supposedly magical chip is now in a situation whereby they. Uh, no longer can build on that chip because it's got a flaw. I mean, it's what a bad situation to be in. And once again, I think it comes down to the fact people don't research enough into a lot of projects out there. And that's one of the reasons the ICA market has taken the dip it has, um, which we've seen recently. But listen, that's a wrap. We have a special episode tomorrow. So remember to tune in for that. And if you haven't already, join our Telegram. That's SVK space crowd. Hit us up on Twitter at SVK underscore crypto. And remember, as always, if you have any questions or queries, email myself, cstory, C-S-T-O-R-R-Y, at svkcrypto.com. That's a wrap. i got to bounce. Have a phenomenal Thursday, wherever you are in the world. You've been listening to an SVK Crypto Podcast original. Follow us on Twitter at SVK underscore crypto. Email us on cstory at svkcrypto.com. Leave us a message on our website, www.svkcrypto.com.